Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Dan Mallon, founder and CEO of Lucy. Dan, how are you today? Uh, wonderful. Thanks for having me, Andrew. My pleasure. Appreciate you spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Lucy. Uh, well, yeah, great. I'm in, you know, I, I'm uh, your typical serial entrepreneur. And uh, so as we were departing our last venture, we're, we're trying to figure out, hey, this AI stuff is just starting to happen. And when I say starting to happen, this was eight years ago. And so we were figuring out how, what would we do if we could you know, encapsulate or understand the, this power. And so we, we said, hey, enterprises have just tons of information or knowledge. And if we can make that accessible uh, with an answer engine, a, a method to, to draw out the, the nuggets of information from all of the PowerPoints, PDF, Word documents, audio and video files uh, inside a, an organization, we think that would be pretty awesome. And that became Lucy. And when was that? When did Lucy come to be? Uh, uh, really 2016. So uh, it, it's it's been a while. I know uh, everybody thinks AI was invented by uh, Open OpenAI <laughs> uh, two years ago, and and uh, we we beg to differ. And we also think everybody's been using AI for 20 years, not just eight, our eight years. And and what's your background? You say you're a serial entrepreneur. What what's in your rearview mirror? Well, uh, it's it's funny you say that. Uh, I'm you know as you look at it. I'm trained uh, really as a business business school MBA, um, understanding computers and technology. And so my career has always been about, hey, there's new technology. People are afraid of it. How can we leverage that for competitive advantage? And so it's not about blinking, flashing, shiny object stuff. It's about the application to provide a competitive advantage for our clients and I've done that uh, in the you know internet space early on in the 90s. Uh, we did it in um, CRM and data, customer data management and leveraging the data. Um, uh, previously did it in transactional engines for advertising. It just, whatever makes the sense at the time. And, uh, and again, this, this AI stuff, brand new, uh, what we can do. And so we jumped in and said, hey, Let's see how we can provide our clients the best advantage using the information they already have and have paid for. Understood. And and what verticals are you servicing with this platform? Well, you know, it's interesting. The, the, the we'll say verticals um, are really more horizontals. We have kind of a couple different things going on. First of all, big enterprises. The more data, the the merrier. Um, you know, companies like uh, Walmart, Pepsi, Kraft, Lowe's. CBRE, you know, big companies. But we also have kind of, kind of a, a second thing, which is really uh, turned into, prof, you know, the professional services, uh, agencies, consulting, engineering kind of firms. They have hundreds or thousands of uh, consultants or, or engineers, and, um, and they all are trying to leverage the same sets of information to uh, to answer or deliver for their clients. And it's really been interesting because um, 
we have uh, PE firms who are investing in that kind of sector. And they're taking us in one by one to the companies they're investing in because we provide such competitive, uh, competitive advantage uh, to those to those kind of professional services agencies uh, in in their deployments. Excellent. And, and what are the most common problems you're solving uh, for your clients? It's really, uh, for lack of a, a better term, it's employee engagement or enablement. Sorry. Uh, and so your employees, uh, whether that's, you know, onboarding and training or, or just execution, how do they find information? And so we know um, today employees uh, are trained on the in, on onboarding uh, with at least maybe 50% of the knowledge they'll require uh, to do the job. And then they go, oh, and the rest is on SharePoint. Except how do you find anything on SharePoint? That's been a, an ongoing problem. And uh, and so what happens is Lucy reads, watches, and listens to all of the content, all of the content on the SharePoints, all of the content in Box, Dropbox, all of the content in System, CRM, other places, all of the third-party license content that the company may be um, paying for. And then a user asks just a, a question. Can be how do I do something? It could be in you know systematic, or what are the engineering specs for a clean room in in Georgia, and uh, are there any specific things I need to know? And what what happens is Lucy then in a second second and a quarter queries all of those sor sources at once, and you know that can be two thousand different sources, not limited to two thousand, but just scoping kind of thinking about it and then checks what i'm authorized to see uh -oh. so it's not just a generic model it's also at my level in my geography and my specific access to that sharepoint site so if i have access to that sharepoint site, i see answers from it if i'm in you know the us i might see different answers than in the uk uh, all of which is really really important to enterprises uh, am I in the, am I on these projects or am I not on these projects? Because sometimes you're not allowed to share. Uh, so all that security, all that is overlaid, brings back the top ten answers from all of those sources, but also writes a synopsis of the answers in a single textual kind of way. Here's the answer. But that. Uh, um, and I might add, we rolled that synopsis out a year before OpenAI became known to anybody. Um, but the uh, cool part is that synopsis also allows us to answer questions where people are. When I say that, Teams, Slack, Zoom chat, Google chat, whatever it may be, you just at mention Lucy. And it could be because we also know that people actually, that's how they solve their knowledge problems in organizations today. They go to Slack or Teams and say, hey, who knows this piece of information? So not only are they spending 25% of their time looking for stuff, they're bothering you know 20 people at a time to help me do it. Whether they help or not, it's still an interruption. But by at mentioning Lucy, Lucy will be the first person to answer the question in the chat. Uh, and, uh, and then with a link back to those documents and, and uh, acknowledged resources. The other real core component that we need to specify is 
Lucy isn't using LLMs or large, you know, this large language model world to answer the questions. She's using your data. So it's not, you can't, you're not getting internet kind of content that isn't specified. And it's not that I, I want to say it's without bias. It's the bias that the corporation has had for, for some period of time, but it's, but it's at least internally generated quality content that's vetted and referenceable. Um, amazing. I, I have a question in terms of challenges. You know, in, in this day and age, people are are growing and scaling through acquisition. There's a million divisions, a million end users, 25 different legacy systems and siloed data. Lucy has no problem finding all data in all platforms and legacy systems throughout uh, a scenario like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely a, a win. And, uh, and, you know, you don't want to talk about the, the downside uh, of those kinds of acquisitions might be, I have two marketing departments of each 100 people, and I really need 100, 150 when we're done. If somebody is let go, all of their institutional knowledge is still retainable. Um, so much of the knowledge walks out the door with people. As a matter of fact, think about this. I'm sitting at my desk, and I get a promotion. I go to or to a different department or a different place inside the same organization. I walk in that door. There was somebody there that used to do that job. Somebody walks in and takes my old job. And yet all that information is basically lost if you don't have some mechanism to leverage the content that has been uh, created. The other thing is, you know, we, we focus on documents. We also access, you know, Tableau and Power BI kind of dashboards or other systems, which is more data. But corporations spend money converting data into knowledge. And that's in the form of a PowerPoint, a PDF, a Word document, of audio video file, whatever that might be. Even, um, you know, uh, webinars, like uh, whatever, whatever you're doing, podcasts, all that content is, can be made available. But think about you know how many PowerPoints are created every day in most organizations, and again based on the scale. But you know Fortune 1000, it's tens of thousands a day. Yet, and they spend time converting knowledge into that PowerPoint, and it is presented once, and likely never opened or presented again. And when I say likely, there's lots of data, but the data points to 30 days. It's 90% likely it'll never be opened again. And within 90 days, it's just shy of 100% that it will never be opened again. But they spent dollars, hours, time, people creating. Lucy, in effect, reads, watches, and listens, and then tags, creates metadata about not every PowerPoint, every slide in a PowerPoint. So if you have a hundred slide deck, Lucy brings back slide 67 with the answer on it. And not, here's the deck, go look to find the answers in here. So, you know, if you know, we talk about 10 answers, we're not talking about 10 documents. And if you just, if you get 10 documents and they're only 10 pages long, you have a hundred pages of reading just to figure it out. Lucy brings back you know, virtually 10 slides. It might be a section or page or a PDF. In a video, it Lucy queues up to the second 
where the information is. So if you have an hour long video, let's say it's a focus group and you ask some questions about something, Lucy can literally bring you to that moment in the video where that person talked, said what it was, whatever you're looking for. It's, uh, it, you know, periodically it's still mind blowing to me and I've been doing this for a while. Is there sort of an entry level size of, of organization that makes sense to engage with Lucy? Um, yeah, it, you know, when we say that, it's really hard for a, uh, uh, a 10 person organization to have the same value proposition. And partially because when you're 10 people is sitting in a small office, it's really easy to get your answer to, right? The easiest way is, hey, who knows this? And everybody can hear you and you're there. Um, virtually, it's a little bit harder that way. But the reality is it's it's about scale of access um, and and how to leverage it. So the bigger the organization in lots of cases, but but a hundred to hundred to hundreds and then tens of thousands it, uh, you know it works at it works at enterprise scale. Um, these uh, but it's about also the value of information. So um, if you don't have if you don't have valuable information or don't have lots of requirements, so we have, you know, um, I don't know, there's a 40 person firm that in, in kind of private equity that has huge value in their content. And so it's, it's a very, very positive thing. Uh, but, it, uh, but usually, you know, a uh, hundred to hundreds of people are, are kind of, kind of the entry point. Um, we're doing some work with a, a government contractor. Again, it's, it's under, it's under a hundred people, but their data is really, really valuable and important. And then the security layers are also valuable and important because um, many of the concepts around what we're doing here don't apply the security layers. So that it's like, we'll answer questions, but everybody gets the same answer in the organization. And that works at a baseline of information. It does not work uh, at, at scale around, I have, I we, we have, there are reasons to silo data and hopefully doing it for the right reasons, whether that's legal, contractual, or appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are reasons you want ubiquity of information. And so we kind of provide both. Everybody can have access or we have, you know, there are even laws that say, hey, we can't access stuff from, for, you know, certain information that needs to be in Europe can't be accessed in the, U in the US, so on and so forth. So we're compliant with all of those Okay, those idiosyncrasies of of laws and requirements, um, and we do push back. Like, is there a reason you're securing something? Because hey, the value is to get everybody content and information. Uh, getting out of um, you know the old world model where information is power, mm -hmm. we want to make it where sharing or publishing information is more powerful. That makes that makes plenty of sense. What? I mean, it, it sounds like you have the most robust platform I'm aware of. What what differentiates you in the market? What makes you stand out from your com competition? Well, again, the the, the competition is uh, does a couple things. I just talked about security and and that ubiquity of access. Um, the other piece is so many so many people you have to upload something into their system. So I want to publish something. I put it in their system. There's a curation process. There's a team of people. There's librarians checking it in whatever that looks like and our our thought process is that's just overhead and and that's what makes systems fail because nobody keeps it up to date it's hard to do it doesn't there's no compliance 
What Lucy does is effectively connect to the data sources, whatever that whatever they are, and hundreds of different kinds of sources. And so, you know, SharePoint being the example, OneDrive, Box, Dropbox, whatever, Lucy connects to that. She is watching, monitoring, adds changes and deletes to the repositories, and then queues up, um, you know, kind of a index or delete. So, you know, people talk about there, but never stores the content. Lucy, the content always remains. Only the metadata that index is in Lucy. Um, and then uh, actually a new development is we now can also host in Azure private cloud tenants. So companies can actually even have Lucy running in their environment managed by us. So it's kind of a, a extended SaaS service. So we're a multi-tenant SaaS platform. We work with big companies in that space. But if you want, we can also put it into your um, Azure tenant. And, and there's all kinds of cool things, including uh, you know, Microsoft, you, you could actually buy it from the Microsoft marketplace on it's not, it's Microsoft paper, but it's with us. So it's their standard contracts. You can just click through and um, shortly it'll actually just install Lucy automatically in your environment. And then we can, we can begin running. Interesting approach. You're only storing metadata, which keeps things lean and fast and secure. You know, people don't have to worry about their data being siloed in, in your, on your end when Right. We get questions about what's our retention policy. We don't retain anything. You delete it off your server. It's gone <laughs> in Lucy, right? We, so it's your retention policy on your SharePoint. We, there's no, there's nothing. Um, and as you said, you know, we're always part, part of any Lucy implementation at scale is we have a security conversation, right? Um, and, uh, you know, ensuring, and we're ISO 27001 certified. We've been certified for five years we do pen, penetration and vulnerability testing every quarter. I mean, you know, we're doing the right things to make sure that even the metadata is secure and the process is, is secure because it is the access point to your, you know, corporate knowledge. Absolutely. Let's switch gears for a second. What role has content played in the growth of Lucy? Um, well, you know, content, first of all, I mean, Lucy just in, in in its thought process is a content engine internally, right? It's the value of content. Uh, but we are huge um, thought leaders. We're writing content. We're writing blogs. Um, actually, my partner just published a really cool blog, which is uh, how to future-proof AI. And so the idea being, um, you know, everybody's out there going, oh, well, I, you know, every IT organization wants to build something, all kinds of things. But they're going to spend the next 18 months building something and they're going to just kind of catch up to yesterday sure. and and uh, where we have engineers and a process to keep everything up to date. And as I kind of alluded to, OpenAI, um, you know, has been kind of out in the marketplace for a year, right? Everybody knew about it in November, so a year and a couple months at this point. Um, uh, but a full 12 months before it became out, Lucy had deployed our synopsis feature. And so one of the things that happened for our clients when everybody was saying, hey, you, we need we need generative, we need to be doing this stuff, is we said, you already, they learned that they already had it. Like they can say, no, no, we've been doing it. And so we were leading with our clients and we're innovating on a daily basis with the clients for the future. 
And so it just, you know, yes, you can build stuff, but nobody really understands the complexity of what we're doing and how it gets done. And then the second piece is, and it's an ongoing process. So you don't want to, you know, it's, yes, I can build something, but then I have to keep building something. It's not like it's done to keep up with, the, and, and the pace of innovations is just, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about, um, you know, how many innovations have happened in the last 12 months that are mind blowing. And then if you look at that and how do you keep up in an internal environment? So it's pretty, uh, but content uh, to us is such an imperative in, um, in generating, you know, kind of the conversations that we want to have uh, and communicating and driving, you know, um, you know, driving, uh, I'll say website traffic, although webs our website isn't how people really buy from us. Um, but you, as I said, if you're a Microsoft Azure customer, you can actually buy Lucy in the Microsoft store. So um, as, a, as a place to start, we're also available in the SAP store. So, because um, we're SAP partners, we're integrated with uh, their their platforms and uh, and are part of um, a program called SAP IO. Uh, so, yeah, we have app, we, we're we're out there and working with uh, again real companies certified in real ways. Uh, but it's you know kind of that hundred plus users to to tens of thousands. Excellent. Hey, all right. Look ahead a year in the future. I know your world is changing by the second, let alone by the day. What are some things you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally a year from now? So, um, you know, well, success is always what we're driving growth, growth opportunity. I mean, we're, we're kind of at a pace of, uh, uh, doubling, uh, kind of, um, our forecasted doubling every, every, a year at this point, uh, but I'd like to actually exceed that, right? I, I think that uh, we're at an inflection point where um, people will be at a true disadvantage if they're not leveraging what we're doing. Um, and uh, and if they think they're going to do it in other ways, if they think they're going to build it, um, uh, and one of the things everybody, uh, actually, we, we hear a lot is, well, we're going to get Microsoft Copilot. Well, Copilot is an authoring tool and a and a generative helper to write stuff, and it's going to be awesome. Um, what you don't understand is Lucy is about making sure Copilot has the right information to be able to use to leverage to help you write stuff. And so we're working with Microsoft uh, uh, right now. So Lucy's one of the the sources inside Copilot. So you, when you're when you're in Copilot, you'll actually be able to do it, execute just like in Teams, which you already can, and Slack and other places. You'll be able to execute queries, but Lu but Lucy will bring those source documents into the conversation so that you're just working with these, you know, 10, 20, 30 subset of the knowledge as the source that I want to use to help me generate the content I'm doing. Uh, and again, not generic and already appropriate to what I'm allowed to see or share or have. And so it's it's a huge asset. And so Lucy's, uh, um, we have a thought process, which is, you know, Microsoft and Lucy are better together, right? It's, it's not like it's one or the other. Uh, and we've all, and we're, we've always been 
know, SharePoint, almost 90% uh, of our clients are leveraging Microsoft technology, technology stack. But when we say that, only 20% of their data is in Microsoft, even though you're leveraging the Microsoft stack. So the other component is it's about bringing all of the sources of information together, not just the one. Um, personally, you know, you just hope uh, as we get older, uh, uh, great health, great, uh, um, you know, family, and and hopefully my my adult male children will settle down and, and provide us some other joys in life. Those are all great goals. I have one question for you about the origin of Lucy. Is the name, I mean, you say Lucy, and I think of Desi Arnaz yelling Lucy at the top of his lungs. What, it, what is the origin of the name of the of the product? There, there's Well, first of all, we had a, my wife and I, we had our family, we had a dog named Lucy. So my wife thinks it's named after our dog. So don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Because that's not, not quite the truth. And the truth just came out very publicly. Um, originally, eight years ago, the only, the only AI technology that you could buy and work with was IBM Watson. Mm -hmm. And so we started off on a, on, with Watson technology as our stack. Today it's not it's all it's our tech, not uh, not IBM's and uh, and not re relevant. But uh, Thomas Watson and Thomas Watt, the founder of IBM, and Thomas Watson Jr., the next CEO, had a daughter and granddaughter, respectively, named Lucinda Watson. And Lucinda uh, is the origins of the name Lucy. And interestingly enough, um, over the holiday, uh, just uh, in between Christmas and New Year's. I got to spend an hour with Lucinda and and share this and actually on LinkedIn she she posted the <laughs> posted about it and, uh, and all kinds of things. She's she's awesome. She was a professor at Berkeley and um, now retired and and uh, just a a wonderful wonderful woman and and the namesake, which uh, logically was the, the daughter of Watson. Understood. No television reference from the sixties. Gotcha. All right. Please tell us what is your URL? Where can people find Lucy, and what social media outlets are you using these days as well? So we are uh, Lucy.ai, and so you can just go to the website Lucy.ai and learn more about Lucy. Uh, that said, we're on, we're on all you know uh, we're on I guess now it's X. Uh, we're, we're on uh, Facebook. Uh, lots of LinkedIn. We, probably LinkedIn is the most business content that that uh, that we publish, and you certainly can uh, find me on LinkedIn, and uh, and we'd love to get connected and and share more. Dan Mallon at Lucy, thank you so much for spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. All the best to you and yours, and to Lucy for continued success. Appreciate your time. Great, thank you, Andrew. It's wonderful. Be well. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.